Hey, good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, and wherever you are in this beautiful world that we live in right now. My name is Jason Cooper. I have a guest today, Graham Owens. Welcome. How are you doing? Very good, Jason. Very good. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. Awesome. So, look, a little bit of a synopsis before we go in and deep dive into what you're about and whereabouts you are. Um, mm -hmm. So, use because the mission is to discover the most cutting edge L&D techniques that we use in our businesses today. We want to know companies like yours, how you're dealing with this remote training malarkey that we're all getting involved with. I'm sure you were doing it before anyway, but you know, what's the most pressing topics in 2021 and beyond? So a little bit of synopsis about Graham, and uh, I'm sure you're going to highlight it a little bit better than me. I nicked it and nabbed it from your LinkedIn profile. So career spanning 20 years uh, from senior management positions in HR, learning development and operations. So really good eclectic array of different types of experiences and diverse countries that you've worked in, Europe and the Middle East. Uh, you're an entrepreneur, an, ex an entrepreneur, uh, if I can say it correctly. A uh, vast range of experiences, um, lots of wonderful stuff. So again, welcome. So whereabouts are you in the world, Graham? I'm actually living, have been living in Qatar in the Middle East um, for the past, uh, going on nine years now. Wow. Um, came over here in 2012. Um, so so where's Qatar. Where's your tan? I can't see that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm still Irish. So, um, I mean, I have two colors. One is white and one is red. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's, there's nothing in between, quite honestly. So, uh, no, I still, after all these years, don't have a tan. People still ask me the same question every time I go home for holiday. Why, why aren't you tanned? I thought you lived in the desert or somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I do, but uh, you know we don't we don't live outdoors. Unfortunately, it's too hot. It's it's literally yeah. fifty degrees sometimes during the summer. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, much. I went to Dubai a couple of years ago, and you can see the uh, air conditioned bus stops, which is really unusual. So you go to a bus stop, but you have to go into the bus stop because it's too hot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's it's unimaginable to be honest. I remember somebody asking me previously how to describe it, and I said. Think about it if you went outside and somebody was standing at the end of your road or driveway or, um, uh, you know, uh, pathway and had a massive hair dryer and just was blowing it in your face. That's kind of what it feels like uh, during the summer months with the with the heat and the humidity. Um, it's it's something that's something I've never experienced. Yeah. Um, you do you do get used to it. what you do is you you acclimatize to it in terms of how you live and where you live. So we live in shopping centers during the summer and. <laughs> you know, we, we spend. I spent an inordinate amount of time in shopping centres with uh, with my wife and kids, and yeah. uh, but they're they're in for, they're entertainment centres as well. So they have a they cater for that life, you know. So you can literally spend a day there with the kids, you know, shopping. And, uh, I suppose you have to. So uh, it's a, yeah. it's a different way of life, I can imagine. The winter months are lovely. The winter months, which we are in now, we're in just in January, end of January now, and you know the temperatures here are in the. Even today, it's like the early twenties, so it's a very pleasant day. That's and like a heat wave over here. I know. <laughs> Compared, sometimes, honestly, sometimes I, I speak to my parents at home or my siblings, and uh, I say to them, "You know, it's cold today," and they're like, "Oh, what? What kind of temperature?" And I say, mm, it's uh, seventeen or eighteen. They're like, seventeen or eighteen, and it's cold. 
that's not cool. It's minus five here or it's minus six. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you do get used to the, the heat, but you get used, you get too used to it as well. So you, you yeah. feel the cold. It's, it's a different mindset and it's a different way of doing things. So talking about different ways of doing things, just tell me where, what, you, what, you're, what you're doing now and your sort of your, sure. where, where you're at uh, in terms of your L&D function. Sure. Yeah. Um, briefly, I suppose, you know, like you said, I've been in the area of L&D and HR for about 20 years now. Um, worked in a vast range of different companies and different industries. I've been very fortunate to work in different locations as well. Um, came out to the Middle East uh, as a posting from a previous employer uh, to head up a HR function for the region. And it was an electrical engineering company. And, um, you know, learned a lot about how HR operates in this region and, and uh, across countries and, um, you know, in terms of dealing with the, the people issues. Um, then I did a stint at consulting with um, another Irish company and um, kind of went out did a lot of kind of strategic HR consulting for a number mm-hmm. of years. Um, and, and then, you know, one of the things I guess that, you know, had a big impact on, on my career as a consultant was the, uh, the um, barricade or the blockade that happened here in mm-hmm. 2017 which oh, wow. you know, all, yeah all of the local countries here were effectively restricted to us so i did i was i had clients in the uae in bahrain in um, in oman and mm-hmm. you know getting to them now uh, you know was very difficult and uh, so anyway i also had a young family so i decided to uh, come back to qatar and um, i was traveling back and forth between the mm-hmm. different places and it's, it's very doable here it's 20, 30 minutes flight, you know, to to uh, to Dubai or to Abu Dhabi. So it was, it was very manageable, but uh, when the blockade happened, then it meant you had to go a very long route to get back home. And uh, as I said, we had two, two small children and another one since then. So yeah. effectively, I, I came back and uh, one of the clients I had been working with in Qatar approached me to, um, to head up their uh, learning development function. So it was a company I was familiar with. Yeah, it was a company, it's uh, Naculat which is the, the shipping arm of uh, Qatar Petroleum, basically, or Qatar Gas. Um, so we ship all the gas around the world that uh, Qatar produces uh, to all mm-hmm. our clients, and, uh, Japan, in Europe, America, and uh, the Middle East and the Far East. So, so you've got a global audience of people that you work with now. Is that, is that right? And how, how yeah, do you uh, facilitate to that? Um, what, what's been the sort of the changes that you've seen over the last few years, especially the last year, anyway, uh, if you can sort of describe that for me, it's look. It's it's, it's a year like no other. It's been a year of immense challenges for every business, and, and there's no business unaffected by it. I don't believe, and in, whether that's positively affected or negatively affected, you know, in some cases it's been a very positive thing, especially in the online retail sectors. I mean, yeah. they have exploded, um, you know, and Amazon and and all these companies. So, you know, it has been, hasn't been all negative, but for, for every company, they've had to adjust to how to manage people in this climate. And with working from home, um, that reality, you know, a lot of companies had flirted, I would say, with the idea mm-hmm. of working from home and remote working and flexible arrangements. And some would do it, had been doing it better than others. My own company, we had, you know, had dipped our toe in the water, I would say, of working from home and flexible working. Uh, but it wasn't the norm and then suddenly overnight everybody was at home and um, you know we all just had to kind of adjust 
and you know we did and the company responded very well and um you know supported employees to work from home um you know and and embraced it for 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 all the positives that it had um i guess from an L&D perspective, let's say, um, from how do you deliver training when you can't gather in, in, uh -huh. in person? That's the challenge. So we, we very quickly kind of circled the wagons, uh, myself and the team, and we looked at what can we do in this new scenario? And, you know, it does force you to be innovative. It does force you to be kind of, um, you know, think outside the box a little bit. Yep. And but I think the time that was in it, allowed for that as well because everybody was thinking outside the box everyone was um challenged with new ways of doing things so in actual fact it broke down some of the traditional boundaries for us in how we deliver mm -hmm. so we, we switched to a, a basically a virtual model practically over the course of a couple of weeks mm -hmm. um, we whatever courses we could deliver virtually we we approached the providers in some cases we worked with the providers to develop them virtually so that our staff could take them we also yeah. um, introduced the concept of master classes and webinars and uh, uh, you know online tutorials, and then we did our own internal um, uh, program, which you know we, we titled Nice, but it was basically looking at the internal capabilities we had in our own organisation and hosting mm -hmm. those um, on a monthly basis. So we had nearly one every week, where we had professionals from around the business um giving a one hour virtual um presentation and interactive session with our staff on a vast range of topics um and things that from a you know people are working one aspect of a business they don't necessarily know about the other aspects you know um you could be in the finance department or the legal department mm -hmm. and you don't probably know what goes on in hr or what goes on in the operations and um because you're busy just doing your own job and you know your piece of the puzzle but um, the, the key thing for me was that the, the staff were very willing and open to doing it. Um, we had, thankfully, the technology to do it. We had the platforms in-house to do it. And uh, from that perspective, a lot of the big pieces were in place, if, if, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. um, we just switched our focus to virtual. Um, in fact, in, in fact uh, by the end of the year, we had actually delivered more training courses than we had in the previous year. Oh, that's good. I, I, yeah, I know, because I was doing the end of year reports and I think you know, we actually did about 20% more courses. Um, and the funny thing was we had we had a little bit less in terms of hours, but that, mm -hmm. would, that would logically follow because of the nature of online. It's, it's a faster uh, delivery mechanism than you have in face-to-face -face because with face-to-face -face you're building in breaks, you're building in yep. you know, nine to five and an hour for lunch and two 30-minute breaks and so on. And, and people tend to make a day of it, if you like, you know. Um, yeah, not, yeah. They, they package it into day segments. Whereas with online, you can do two hours and it's just two hours, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, you can cram a lot into two hours um, with, with the way technology is nowadays with breakout rooms and whatnot. So we found it a very efficient model, actually, to deliver what we needed to. Um, the biggest surprise, if, if, if I made, the biggest surprise that I found was how open people had suddenly become to online and virtual learning, uh -huh. which previously I, I had, you know, long, arduous conversations with several of the senior managers saying, we want to deliver X program, there's an online version. No, 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 they need to go and they need to do it. They wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't learn very well online. No, no. Can, you know, can we send them to Singapore or can we send them to wherever the course might be happening? Even if it but was happening. A lot of money's been saved over this time. And 
what's actually happened from my experience now is everyone's like the future was the future of work and the future of everything was like five years time 2025 but it's actually happened so quickly what other challenges have you faced in learning and getting the best out of uh the staff because the staff want to be engaged but they want to be engaged with the technology we do uh, as our brains are wired and fired together we tend to drift off and then we look at the sky and uh, look out the window or whatever it might be um so what what other challenges were you facing with that uh sort of in-depth learning absolutely no no different to anyone else uh, jason we had the same challenges in in the initially because i guess we adapted or not we but the people uh, that were providing training adapted the same approach that just flipped it to a virtual platform which is not what actually works if you're if you're delivering it in person the the previous platform worked perfectly well and and it was very engaging and everything else but if you just try to take that and do it in front of a, a webcam you know with a powerpoint and and uh, you know a couple of uh, facilitated sessions it doesn't work so yeah. what what our what our challenge was to get our trainers and our um, our um, consultants to design it for a virtual platform so that meant that doing things that were different than the way they would have done it previously and to make sure that everybody around the room the virtual room was engaged and was had something to keep them engaged you know yeah, yeah. and so that means, you know like breakout rooms were used an awful lot more regularly than uh, had previously been done then you would do in a physical session you might do it once or twice you know in a physical um training event but every every five or ten minutes there was tiny miniature breakout rooms where people were constantly talking and engaging coming that back was one of my that. questions actually is that how do you create that atmosphere to make people yeah. engaged and learn but it's also to embed the learning within the the, the unconscious the subconscious mind and mm. after that the so leading question is is What's the follow-up? How, how do you adapt to that? So you've got the learning, you've done the learning, you've done the, uh, the workshop or whatever. What happens after that? It's, and it's the same with any training event. It's the application to reality. It's the, it's the taking the knowledge and applying it to your reality. And the, the, the pragmatist learners in the group will love that because that's how they learn. They, yeah. they take that theory and they go, how does it work in my reality? Yeah. And and that's what you do. So, you know, the action learning sets after training events are very important. And we also then did follow-up sessions. So we had a, you know, maybe a, a two or three hour session on, on a particular topic. And then we reconvene, uh, you know, at the same time in so next week to do a feedback session, having given them things to do in between virtually in pairs or in groups. And that really worked well because there was a touch point back in again. And, you know, human nature being what it is if you're expecting you know expected to come back with something you, you do <laughs> you know you, yeah, yeah, you, we do, yeah you know you have that conversation and you say you know yeah we talked about it and this is what we found and this is how i dealt mm-hmm. with it so we always try to bring it back to reality so that it's ingrained in you know that whole piece around transfer of learning so yeah. from the classroom to the boardroom or from the classroom to the to the office bringing that back into your 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 environment is, is critically important mm-hmm. um so that's and that's one of the i think the key things with any learning event to be honest with you i mean knowledge somebody once told me about you know the difference between what what they learned when they went started to work and you know when you have a degree you think the world is just going to want to 
you know, employ you because of all the knowledge you have, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody said to me, you know, it's not, it, people don't employ you for what you know, they employ you for what you can do with what you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's true for learning as for training courses. You're not, the knowledge is fantastic to have, but if you don't apply it, yep. what, you know, what benefit is the organization getting out of it? I think that's, and that's those laws, isn't it, of uh, behavior. It's how, how you do it. But then you can learn it. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And there's a, a thing in, uh, I think it's something like after 24 hours, if you don't use it, 50% uh, of it's gone. So gone. you have to another, another straight away. Gone in 48 hours, yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing is, about well, you know, the, one of the key um, things we tried to, to build into our virtual program was, harnessing the knowledge that people got on training by asking them to bring it back into the organization and dispense it. So if you, you know, somebody, you know, if you want to, somebody to really ingrain something very, very much inside them, ask them to teach somebody else. Yeah. Because then they, they know that they're, they're expected to be able to dispense this knowledge. Their level of attention increases dramatically. So as much as possible, and it isn't always possible, but as much as possible, we tried to say to any of the, the, the staff that were going on training programs, look, this is fundamentally very important to the business. It's critically important to you, but it's good for other people. To know. Would you come back in and run a nice session on this training event that you're going to go to? Maybe it's two days or whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, by and large, they were open to it. So they came back and said, shared their knowledge. And, you know, you could see that they really paid attention because they knew they were in the back of their mind. They were going to have to come in and explain explain this to other people and uh, so it was a very good tool to uh, to get them to, to that engagement levels up all the all the time you know yeah that's uh that's uh again that's uh one of the core principles about learning is to teach others once you can teach others uh you've actually got it in uh, in the head uh yeah. so based on that how do you learn and grow yourself and sort of pivot with the technology that's around you so you can give the best performance that you can possibly do so everyone learns uh, or growth because it's all about you you really or you and your team it is yeah i mean we're no different i mean and sometimes it's like the cobbler's shoes right you, you you're so busy making sure everybody else gets their training programs and make sure that they're developed and they're on their their, their development journeys you kind of sometimes lose yourself in that so we are conscious of that too, from our own perspective. So we've we've our team engages regularly in you know updates, and we we, we tune into a lot of um, a lot of free material to be honest. And yeah. but but the you know the, the cutting edge um, technologies that are out there, we have a good network as well of consultants around the, the globe that we we deal with from different aspects. And you know they're very they're very generous in some cases in sharing uh, latest techniques and knowledge with us as well. And you know I think most people and speaking this is a huge generalization of course but a lot of people i think when they work in this area they're naturally inclined to learn themselves yeah, of they're, course. they're inclined to acquire knowledge they enjoy that process they you know they they read books they read um the latest uh you know uh, gurus on whatever topic it might mm -hmm. be whether it's you know or even the, some of the classics you know the coveys and the 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 you know dale carnegie's and, and so yeah. on you know they'll all have read these books you know and they don't necessarily need to but they're interested and you know so i'm lucky that the team i have is a very engaged team as well and um they're 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 very um they're very keen to to you know keep ahead if you like mm -hmm. you know 
push the boundaries forward all the time. And so, so looking then, ahead is uh, taking that and taking your words with you, but looking ahead, uh, how do you now look ahead and what do you see maybe the challenges, maybe the opportunities for 2021, but maybe mm-hmm. think beyond, uh, maybe you have to think beyond 2021 now mm-hmm. because uh, uh, we're still in the same position as we were last March. I know. And I, I really wouldn't have thought that were the case, you know, at the, at the beginning. Or we, we all thought this would be finished by September. I mean, we, yeah. were, we were hearing all sorts of things. So, and now because so many milestones or potential milestones have passed, we kind of, nobody really believes anything now until it's actually announced, you know. So, um, no, for me, I mean, looking forward, it's, it's about consolidating what we did, I guess, uh, to a large extent, Jason, uh, in 2020. And I wouldn't say we got it perfectly right in 2020. We reacted on the fly. Uh, we tried things. Some worked, some didn't work. But the things that did work, we need to build on those now. And um, so for us, one of the, the key, if I, if, I, if I made the key, I suppose, advantage or good takeaways from this whole pandemic area is that now we do have the opportunity to actually blend learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, a, it was a phrase that was bandied around the L&D uh, world yeah. for many years, the blended learning approach. And yes, you know, some companies did do it very well. A lot of companies tried to do it, didn't or couldn't. Um, and, and I would count myself among those. You know, we, we tried to get it off the ground. We got a little bit into it. But people still reverted back to type, and um, and I suppose in the Middle East as well, it's different. Uh, it's different culturally. It's different uh, to a different stage of development as well than Europe or the US. But what we found now is that you know we're pushing open doors when we're talking about you know bringing on on stream a virtual university next year, and um, wow. you know, and it's something that I experienced very early on in my career with um, with an insurance company that I worked with in Dublin, and that was. What, 15, 17 years ago or 18 years ago, there was a virtual university. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, you know, hopefully going to bring it into play next year uh, for the company. And that's going to be totally virtual. It's a totally virtual space with um, delivery being uh, all online, a blended approach of, you know, practical assessments, internal training, technical mm-hmm. training, plus personal effectiveness, leadership, and, and um, also some interpersonal skills. So, like any university, it'll be there'll be streams, modules, and we'll build a matrix in within that space, and it's going to be completely hosted on our LMS uh, platform. Wow! So yeah, well, I mean, cool. if I, I, had, I like if somebody said to me twelve months ago, you know, um, you know, next in twenty twenty one, you'll have a virtual, I would have said, no, this company's years away from that, or you know, this we're not there yet. But mm-hmm. this whole pandemic has really accelerated that, and now it's. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because we've all experienced we've had to um, and people are now open to it and they see the benefit of it, you know. Um, so from from an L- my L&D perspective, solely being selfish, it's probably been a positive because now it gives us that flexibility, that um, that option to to move into that space much more rapidly than we would have otherwise. And do you think now um, if... COVID sort of disappeared over the next couple of uh, months. Yeah. If it did, hypothetically, mm. what do you think the balance will be now? What do you, do you think is going to be a more blended approach or more online or less, I, less in the real world? Do you know, it's probably a difference of perspectives as well. I'd say from a management perspective and from a leadership of a, of a company's perspective, 
that they would prefer to continue with the virtual because you're, it's a much more economical model to, to dispense. It really is. And, and you know, the, the, the myths around its effectiveness at times were bandied about as being not as effective as the in-person and we don't have the facilitation and the learning from others. But we now know from the technology and the way we can interact that we can, of course, have that uh, yeah. facilitation. And it, it's a more efficient model. So when you when you eliminate costly flights and um, costly hotels and accommodation and, and yeah. logistics around organizing that and all the rest of it, then it's it's immediately a feasible, a much more feasible model for management. On the employee yeah. side, of course, I mean, <laughs> the, the irony it's is, when people, yeah, when employees come out of this lockdown, they'll be dying to go somewhere, anywhere for a, for a training course or anything else, and and there will be uh, you know a certain degree of uh, you know. You know, a balance, I think, a rebalancing of of how we deliver um, the programs we deliver. There is certainly, I'm not for a second saying there isn't a benefit to in in person, in classroom based training. There certainly is, and for some courses, it's actually critical. It's crucial. You need to do mm -hmm. practical demonstrations or or practical, yeah. uh, you know, um, practice. But you know, in some cases, you know, it was just the tried and trusted model and the people were familiar with and enjoyed and it was used extensively. So now I think we may get to the actual holy grail of the blended learning approach now. Yeah. Having gone completely one way um, and been forced to go totally virtual, it will come back, I'm sure it'll come back in certain areas yeah. to a more inclusive and a more face-to-face -face or, or interactive um, thing. But I think the, the, the world has shifted and it's not going to necessarily just tilt back onto the same axis it was before. Um, I think, no, yeah, I think habit, have a uh, habit, have a uh, habit, no, no pun intended there, but you get used to what you've been in the online world now. So it's, uh, I can be sitting at home and people are probably being more comfortable as much as I still like to be in front of people. And we, we as humans are chemically engineered people and we're a sociable creature. So we do need elements of that, but I think it will, I don't know, from my point of view, I think it will probably be maybe 60, 40 or even 70, 30. Yeah. I don't know, but and that's whatever the works. Yeah. That's the blend you're looking for. Um, you know, where before it was probably 80, 20, and that wasn't really blended. It was, you know, it was the old and trusted and traditional with a little bit of e-learning, which was typically yeah. your standard suite of e-learning courses, self-directed, self-taught learning. Um, now it's the... And again, like what we're doing even today is, you know, podcasts and it's about conversation virtually uh, mm -hmm. with people all over the world. Now it's it's possible. It's it's people are open to it. Um, you can now deliver a training program virtually without very much in the way of technology. You know, mm -hmm. a, a basic laptop with a basic uh, webcam and the platforms are there. They're free. If, they're free of charge. Most yep. of them. So now, you know, and, and as I said, People are now used to it, and they're they're used to this um, this way of communicating, and it works. It does. One, work. one, one last question for you before we finish up this awesome uh, interview uh, podcast. Uh, um, one bit of golden nugget of L and D gem that you can sort of feed forward. I don't want to. I don't want to know your the the whole element of it, but one sort of golden nugget which is like bang, you can take that and learn on that straight away. Well, um, 
Um, um, do you mean as in an area within L&D? Yeah, an area, uh, however you want to perceive it, really. It's a sort of an open question, really. So you, you can pick any part of it. Uh, look, I mean, to be honest, there's an awful lot out there. If you're, if you're an individual person, um, you know, looking to develop yourself, let's say, looking to add to your, your repertoire of skills or knowledge, there's so many free resources out there right now. It's incredible. Um, it's never been so plentiful. Um, but from an, from an, as an organization, if you're looking at terms of how do I engage people, development is still a critical retention strategy um, in any organization. In fact, you know, as, as the world gets smaller, it becomes more important because you've got the, you've got the situation now where you could have in the future people being hired virtually all over yeah. the world. So you could be sitting in Hong Kong for, you know, conceivably and being hired by an Irish company and never actually meet your colleagues, you know, um, and, and, and contribute effectively to the team uh, the way work can be structured now. So from an, from an organization's perspective, they still need that person to feel as though they're part of their culture. And the yeah. culture is the, I think the key thing for any organization going forward is how do I build the culture I want yeah. based on the values of the organization, of course. How do I build that in the virtual space where people don't have that tactile, you know, interaction, you know, mm -hmm. the things, you know, people are going, the companies are going to have to be creative about it, but it is, it is going to be a challenge for companies um, to do that. And, and they're going to be, have to be very creative about that. And that's something that's for, it's interesting space actually. Um, and, and I guess, you know, coupled with that is how do I maintain well-being? Mm -hmm. in a virtual world you know and, and right to disconnect you know uh which you hear a lot about now is you know where people are working from home they feel almost guilty if they're not logged on to their computer mm -hmm. or you know where you're you know previously and again I'm, I'm going off topic a little bit here but previously you could leave your office for a meeting and somebody could come to your office or ring your office and you're not there yeah. and this is perfectly fine you know they leave a message or you know whatever but now when you're not there virtually you come back to your pc you know you feel you have to kind of almost give a reason why you weren't there yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know and you're explaining as if you know they might think you were i don't know sitting in front of the tv or, or lying down <laughs> or you know so that's that's a, that's a different dynamic you know and and yeah. you know and people also you know how people interact with each other in the physical world is different because you know if the office is closed and locked you're gone home they go okay it'll wait till tomorrow but now it's five o'clock or six o'clock and they want to know something. Yeah. Well, they'll just check if he's online, you know, and, and you, know, they, yeah. you know, and there's the kind of almost like you're being spied upon and then they approach you to, to do something. Uh, whereas they wouldn't do it in a physical world, you know? So those kinds of challenges are what organizations are going to have to build policies around for HR. I think so. Yeah. You know, and, but they did they have to do that for every other significant change in industry. I think it should filtered down but i know some companies that i that big companies that i know uh in dublin europe or wherever they have a policy five o'clock or half past five everything switches off mm. so they insist that people look mm. after their mind and look after their well-being mm. you work you come into work and you know you're there between nine and five thirty or whatever it might be but mm. after that you switch off and everyone switches off if the customer uh, obviously not customer service but for the main bulk of the people, they just switch off. And I think that's a policy mm. moving forward. And I think that's a good for the brain. Mm. It's good for the well-being 
because you don't want to be stuck in front of them. I've just got glasses because before I didn't need glasses, but now it's all a blur. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And so it's true. It's true, yeah. I, uh, I really thank you for your time today. And uh, we're almost over time. So, like, it's been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate oh, your pleasure. time. Uh, you've been such a great input to this first of Use uh, Because Growing Professionals uh, podcast. And you've been phenomenal. You've given so much and so much golden nuggets. Uh, we all thank you. My name's Jason Cooper. And thank you, Graham Owens. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate it. Lovely to talk to you. Hey, before you go, just a quick message about usebecause.com and what we're all about. We believe that true learning happens when you understand, remember, and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. So with that in mind, you can get access to our purpose-built learning tools to help you do just that. So try all our tools for all of our episodes, free for a month, you can cancel any time. For all of this, and all of the podcast episodes, head over to usebecause.com. Until next time.